Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've done it again. It's almost two full years since we started the Rant Network, and we are we've created a new tradition for ourselves. It's our year in review. Welcome back to the Rant Network. I'm David Solomon. He's Stuart Brisgal. You know, in a calendar year, we have done some 150 different rants, and it's crazy to see how these rants somehow have a variety of different themes. And this year, this year, it's an absolute gem of a year. And so, you know, folks, we are live. It is noon Eastern. It is a beautiful day wherever you are. But these 15 stories, and we're going to do five and five and five. Today, we're going to do five. Wednesday, five on Friday, five. And we're going to start at number 15, Stuart. And the 15th story that really got to us this year, alternative energy. Oh, yes. I remember alternative energy. You know, you have a wonderful friend. What's your friend's name again? Uh, Sass Perez. Sass Perez, you know, nice guy, you know, thinks, uh, and he's very well educated, knows the topic very well, but I can honestly say, you know, I don't believe he's right, and I believe that the dream, and that's the thing you don't believe anybody but yourself. That's not true. I I, I believe my wife. Okay, the the, <laughs> the reality is, I am all for alternative energy, and we talked about cars, planes, trains, and automobiles in this conversation. And SAS was trying to convince everyone that the world is ready now. No, and if it's not ready now, stop. And if it's not ready now, it's not ready now, it's becoming ready. It's becoming ready. And SAS has come back and defend himself, David, at a later date. But bottom line is, for all those people that live in Southern California that got told recently that you can't power your vehicles, because you're going to hurt the grid, you know, that's a problem. When you have a government that says they're doing an infrastructure bill and fails to include how to make energy available so that the grid isn't 100 years old and blow up, to support alternative energy, it becomes the chicken and egg. What comes first? Seth Perez believes we got to put the cars out there and build the stations. My idea is... I think we need to get the infrastructure there and use an all-of-the-above approach. And just so you know, David, I'm a bigger fan of hydrogen cars than I am of electric cars. Just for the record, just for the record. The story that we went through this year a few times with the alternative energies was that there was a hypocrisy. There was SAS came up. He gave us a great, great piece of information, which go go listen to the show to the show again. But the thing is, is that what we found is that the governments themselves were full of crap. And this is what even SAS admitted. He goes, the problem is if we could take the government and their politics out of, which is no surprise, out of alternative energies, we could be further ahead. Unfortunately, government is the obstacle and the roadblock. And as we've seen, and t- you know, they announced today that here in Montreal, the, the solution for COP15, but it was weak, it's awful. And the whole thing about, you know, global the, the climate and climate control and all that kind of stuff, governments aren't really taking this seriously, Stuart. Quite David, on that note, I'm going to say introduce subject number 14. Now, we all know... That I'm the former athlete of the bunch here, and we all know that I know jack shit about sports. And we're going to talk about the end of women's sports coming in at number 14. And yeah. David ran with this story a bunch of times this year. And again, the gender neutrality, the gender issues involved. David, 
Yeah, it's what, what you know, it, earlier this year, we saw once again how women fought so hard to get equality in the pool, on the field, wherever. You know, transgender athletes just seem to have entered into the women's sphere and have taken over in many places and has created a, 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 an unlevel playing field. And in order to accommodate transgender athletes, women once again were slighted. And again, nobody took... Nobody, you know, God forbid the NCAA, anybody else would take the, you know, by the horns. Everybody threw the problem at somebody else. And the whole thing about this year about women's sports and is that we're seeing it not just at the university level. We're seeing it at the high school level where girls are suddenly marginalized again in, in sports. And Stuart, it is it is sad and it continues to be in the news. It continues to, to, to rear its ugly head. And women, again, are the losers. And while people have claimed to us that, oh, you conservative minders, you're anti-transgender. No, it's not that we were anti-transgender. There is a playing field for transgender. What happens to women? This is the question. David, and we've talked about this in many different ways, how they've tried to infiltrate elementary and high schools, the bathrooms in the United States. And again, this whole transgender and sports is really blossomed over several broadcasts that we made. You know, I don't think we're going to solve this problem. And I don't think the political willpower will solve this problem either. This year has been, I guess, a pivotal point in the history of transgenderism. But when Jenner comes on board saying, I have to support the biology, not the mental side of transgender in sports. You know, they're speaking from experience, them being a former international athlete, and them being, you know, on a weedy box. I got to say, David, if, if Jenner believes that it's a biological birth that dictates what sport you should be in, and that's what a lot of states are coming up with to protect women and women's sports, yeah. I'm just yeah. going to say, hey, I don't have that issue personally. I am not an expert in that field, but I believe an expert would be the Jenners. And if he says or she says, I don't know yep. Yep. what pronoun, uh, I believe that that's the Jenner to go. David, on okay, let's go, to, let's, let's go to number 13, Stuart, and our uh, story of number 13, immigration. Uh, David, when we talked about this, from literally two and a half years, two years ago, not two and a half, year and three quarters ago. I said, we got to start a GoFundMe and get buses out of these border towns. And, and then all of a sudden, a year later, we actually have a governor putting people on buses. And you have now counties putting people on buses, two, two governors putting on buses. You got multiple mayors putting people on buses. Listen, I don't believe for a minute any of you in the United States could really grasp the terror and the horror going on in these border towns. And I got to tell you, if sensibility doesn't grab hold, it's not the end of the United States of America. It really isn't. But it is the end of the world in the United States and the freedom that we're able to give for a lot of people. Because I got to tell you, we don't have the coffers to pay for it all. And at the end of the day, a closed border is how Canada is, Australia is, every European Union is. Why does the United States have to have an open border policy? Which, by the way, I think that someone needs to ask Jean-Pierre, what is your definition of open border? 
Because I think that's how they're parsing words. Because it's not an open border, but anyone can come across whenever the fuck they want. Well, you know, Stuart, the problem problem with immigration is like there are multiple things. We talked about the busing. We talked about the lack of, you know, of security. But we also talked about the amazing blindness that the Democratic Party has put towards immigration. I mean, you take a look at this. They denied until recently that there's an immigration problem. Now there's Title 42 that's ending. And there's a question, Arkin. You said there's no open border policy in Canada. Unfortunately, Stuart, we do have an open border here just south of Montreal that migrants from other countries come through the United States into Canada via this opening there. It is an open border, and unfortunately, it isn't secure. And a lot of illegals are coming through there thanks to what's going on in the United States. So this immigration problem affects many, many countries, not just the United States. But again, the fact that Kamala Harris and Joe Biden campaigned on this back in 2020 and ridiculed the Trump administration and continued to vilify and say that there's a border problem, border problem, border problem. And then as soon as January 20th, 2021 took on place, and we talked about this, as soon as the government went in, the new Biden administration, all of a sudden immigration was a non-issue. There were no one went to the border. AOC didn't go to the border and cry on the fences and, and talk about children being incarcerated. Rather, All of a sudden, all these stories disappeared. And in 2022, the, the, the GOP tried to bring it back on the table and the Democrats refused to talk about it. And now with the end of title 42, the media is finally going, yeah, I think we do have a problem, but Hey, let's move on. I I think that we got to dare the constituents of those political people that get to vote for them, challenge them. When you go onto the border, we'll pay for the ticket. We'll put you on the border. We have to pay for Biden and Kamala Harris to go to the border. Those oh, wow. Go ahead, Stuart. All right. Going on to another fun topic. Peep, uh, pop, oi, 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 guns. So, and David, you know, uh, we've debated guns for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, I live in South Florida. It's not Texas, but it's close, David. But you know what, Stuart, the whole thing with guns this year, once again, as it always does, rear its ugly head. And yeah, the Biden administration got bipartisan agreement to try to create some form of gun control. And the politicians patted themselves on the back for this wonderful piece of legislation. But it didn't change anything. Of course, it did not. And once again, blame politicization, pointing fingers, NRA, yada, 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 yada. And we're seeing how guns have proliferated yet again in the streets. And with the lack of, you know, the defunding the police with increasing crime, with DAs ignoring, you know, their jobs, all of a sudden gun crime continued to skyrocket people's positions of guns. And again, the second amendment comes into play. And yet you, when you bring this up again, it's, it's, it's a fascinating story. And in Canada where we were such a docile country, All of a sudden, we're also experiencing a gun problem. We're trying to get into gun control, gun registration, and the Trudeau government once again botched it as, once again, botched it again. And the Biden administration that's trying to do more, quote-unquote, for gun control, cannot and will not because they have to blame somebody. The GOP is always to be blamed because they're in bed with the NRA, Stuart. And frankly, this whole thing about gun control and whatever, it's not going away as long as Americans love their guns more than they love their children. David, at the end of the day, guns are a problem in 
a lot of places in the United States, but I just want to put on the record, there are more gun deaths in Illinois than any other state. And you know what? I don't care what you got to say. When you got horrible governance, you're going to have horrible problems. And when, and when the police are defunded and the mayors and the governors don't want to support them, you're going to have even bigger problems. Dave, on that note, Let's we move got on to one the final more. topic of today. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a story that Stuart, since the beginning of the rant, has been talking about this and warning people. And yet, the, the poop hit the fan just a little while ago. Well, I don't know if the currency. And, the, and we talked about crypto and its volatility, but the FTX story ended our year in such a beautiful way, Stuart. And it hasn't well, ended yet. Yeah, the FTX story is just starting. I think it's going to be a couple of years for all the indictments to come down. And I believe there will be many indictments in the Sam Bankman-Fried FTX uh, scandal. And I think that it's going to be bigger than Bernie Madoff. Uh, again, as I said, David, in the last broadcast, we talked about Sam Bankman-Fried. If he ends up dead in a jail room, we know that he has uh, suffered the loss of uh, the same end as the Epsteins and uh, the Madoffs, right? No one wants the truth out there, even though that they ask for it day in and day out. An investable product could be anything you want. No doubt about it. We're in a free country. If you want to bet on ant farms, go for it. It's legal to bet on an ant farm. It's legal to vote on a, a, an alternative currency, as it was legal in the 80s to punch your friend in the face to get a Cabbage Patch Kid. I'm dating myself, David. But as it goes, at least you had a Cabbage Patch Kid in your hand. By the way, they were trading for $500 to $1,000 in the 80s. Okay, What people fail to understand is that there are risk tolerances. And to put your life savings in the Wild West on the chance of the American dream becoming an overnight millionaire, David, it just doesn't pay. I've said it from the very beginning. Yes, you can buy Bitcoin. Yes, you can buy all these alternative coins. If you bear the, the actual fortitude, the actual financial strength to do so, and you can gamble the same way you can buy a $20 lottery ticket, it's just as reckless and irresponsible if you look at the numbers, but at the end of the day, it's the a dream. It's not the American dream. It's the dream that America made the world wake up to understand because America has led as a beacon for the last 250 years of what freedom and what the chances and hard work will show. Canada followed United States, David, in this. So, David, I'm going to let you end. We're done. You know, you know, the thing with crypto, which is frightening, Stuart, is when we started talking about it, we watched this currency or this whatever drop. You know, I'm in the crypto, uh, you know, I'm not in the crypto world. I'm in the cybersecurity world. And let me tell you how crypto is, you know, on the lips of everybody. You got to get crypto, get a crypto. All of a sudden, it's not so much like that anymore. But look at the fallout from this whole thing, the Ponzi scheme that 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 created, you know, forget the fact that the Miami Heat Arena lost its its sponsorship that was supposed to be there for 20 years. It's just how many people lost their savings once again? How many people got screwed once again? So is this a Ponzi scheme or is this just crypto being volatile? We will only find out once the dust settles in the years to come. But here's the other thing. The fact that Sam Bankman freed put $40 million in Democrat politicians' pockets. Yeah, he put a couple hundred thousand Republicans, but $40 million, and the White House is saying that they're not sure if they're going to return the money to the people who got screwed, just shows you 
the greed and with respect to this whole thing. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we've reached the final, the, five, uh, the top, the bottom five. On Wednesday, our middle five, we are going to do six through ten. On Friday, one through five. Looking forward to seeing you guys on the other side. Have yourselves a great week. We love you. Catch you on Wednesday.